0: Welcome to the Evermine Podcast with Stephen Goldstein and Mark Randall, where we discuss all matters related to the behavioral, psychological and emotional aspects of trading and investing. Our guest this week is Peter Castle. Peter is a private trader from Sydney, Australia, who is also a Zen master and practices Zen in his work as a trader. He has also written an excellent book called Zen Trader, which explains how to become more zen in your own work as a trader, when you're taking risk, running risk, also analysing the markets and and understanding how you engage with the markets and risk and remain in a zen state so you can be more optimal. This is a great episode. The book is a great book. Here's one excerpt from the episode just to let you know what's coming up
1: more that we can learn to watch our mind and watch our thoughts and realise that the thought is just a thought and we don't have to give it the meaning. When you have those negative thoughts and those critical thoughts and those thoughts about missed opportunity and the market this and the market that and the severe rebounds and you missed it and it goes on and on. If you start to let those thoughts impact you, play on your mind, then that is what really impacts your performance. That's why you can't. You know, that's why you can't put the next trade on. That's why you can't reverse quickly. That's why you can't do what the great traders do, and they just let it go and put the next trade on.
0: Before we start, we would like to thank our podcast partners, TradeStation Global and the Society of Technical Analysts. TradeStation Global is a multi-asset trading platform with access to international markets, trade stocks, forex futures, and micro e-mini futures from one account. Leverage professional-grade tools like Radar Screen, The Matrix, and Easy Language, an intuitive coding language for traders. And with TradeStation Global, there are no hidden price spreads, just transparent low commissions. To find out more and open an account, visit tradestationinternational.com forward slash AlphaMind or see the link in the episode description. TradeStation International Limited is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK and acts as an introducing broker to Interactive Brokers UK Limited. The firm does not provide investment advice or trading recommendations. Investment and trading involves risk, including possible loss of principal. At present, the TradeStation Global product is not available to EU residents. The Society of Technical Analysts, the STA, are another long-established organisation with a great reputation. They are a member-led and not-for-profit body who have been providing world-beating education to the trading and investment community for over five decades, and. So Serve the needs of their members by providing outstanding online talks and webinars, regular newsletters, education, diplomas, and continued professional development programs. Their home study course has been created by many of the world's leading minds in technical analysis and provides learning of a depth and breadth that is unparalleled in the trading and investing world. Listeners to the Alpha Mind Podcast can obtain a 10% discount on the cost of the STA Home Study course. Visit Alpha-Mind.net and go to the sponsor section of our page to find out how to obtain this. Now, on with this week's podcast. Peter, thank you for joining Mark and myself on the Mind Podcast today. Perhaps you can start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and tell us all about when you and your Zen came together and how that became the book Zen Trader. First of all, thank you very much for having me, uh, for inviting me,
1: so I'm really excited to, uh, to have a chat. Uh, when did Zen, my Zen first meet trading? Um, I started trading in 1995. One of the things I noticed about all the books, as we do it, when we begin trading, we pick up and read lots of books, and I started to notice there was a similarity in a lot of the coaches that I was reading, and whether it be Mark Douglas or Ed Sakota or Dr. Van Tharp or Alexander, Dr. Alexander Elder, that they all were. If, if they weren't particularly spiritual people themselves, they certainly adopted um, a spiritual aspect to the markets, particularly, for example, with letting go, being able to develop presence of mind and stay calm. Um, and I'd always had an interest in Buddhism. I was actually practising Buddhism at the time and I never thought that I would end up on this on this path. I never thought that I... I would become so interested in Zen, um, you know, but I did. And um, I know it sounds like a com- complete contradiction. You would think, why is somebody, you know, a Zen priest or, or a Zen priest um, and a trader? Uh, but the mindsets and the psychology and the way of being, I, I believe, go hand in hand.
2: Great. And, and in the early experience... What what stood out as being the differentiator was it the fact that it, was it the focus was it the fact that the calm mind just saw the market in a clearer way?
1: Well, Mike, I just found that the normal stuff that you hear didn't work for me. Um, you know, I mean, everyone talks about Mark Douglas's book, and and there's been other great psychologists read, uh, write books. Um, I mean, my partner is a clinical psychologist—and um, and so we have some pretty inter- interesting discussions about the markets and 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 the pros and cons of Zen versus clinical psychology. But to me, um, Zen offered something different, and that was—it's—it's it's the way you look at things. Um, it was very interesting to listen to your podcast uh, a few months ago on about weaponizing the mind and. And I can really understand why that would appeal to your followers, uh, you know because trading is a competitive um, occupation, and it's tough I and mean, it gets really hard sometimes and it can push you, you know, it can push you to the edge of, of, of desperation and it can really affect your mental health. And I think that was one of the things or I don't think or no, I know for sure that that was one of the things that I wanted to address. With my trading and my career, that I didn't want to suffer from mental health problems, and I looked around me. I looked at other retail traders and and and, and colleagues, and um, you know people that were involved in the markets. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen them. They get that burnout look on their face. Their eyes are red, and and they're tired. And they and they you, you talk to them, and they're just not there. There's no presence. They're they're off somewhere else, and they've hit burnout they're arguably they're probably addicted to the markets they can't stop screen watching and they've just lost they've lost themselves they've lost their soul they've lost who they are and i think we, we need to stay connected to who we are we need to we need to maintain that presence of mind and body and for me it was then that was what worked for me
2: uh, very interesting and thanks for uh You know, reminding the audience of of the, the value of that early podcast we did this year with the weaponizing of the mind. I think it was a it was positioned so well. It had huge feedback because I think people started to realize that that they've created their own weapon that was facing themselves, and they were constantly under this attack that was self created from a, you know, by not managing self, by not you know paying attention to this other side of trading edge, which is. Forgotten by most, not even looked at by most, to be honest. But actually, when they start to pay attention to it, they actually project the weapon toward the market, so they become far more effective um, in, in many senses of what weapon means. You know, it's weapon system, you know, the platform, the intelligence gathering, all of that sort of stuff that's important uh, in trading comes from the clarity uh, of a change of approach. And of course, the the the, the Zen. Methodology, as much as much of the mindfulness world, certainly when it's geared to this type of um, scenario, is extremely effective. Now, but perhaps it's just worth asking this question, just to sort of, we've talked about Zen, and just tell us what Zen is.
1: (laughs) What is Zen? Well, Zen. Everybody thinks of Zen Buddhism, uh, which is true. Zen Zen does come from Buddhism. But the main main principle of Zen is to not focus on the past, uh, to not focus on the future, uh, and to stay in the present. And because that is all we have, we don't have anything else. Um, Zen does not... um, For example, in the book that I wrote, The Zen Trader, uh, I talk about religion and what I ask the question, what is religion? Uh, In the Oxford Dictionary, um, religion is stated as a belief in uh, an an alternate or outer being or a superpower. Um, Now, that is not Zen. Uh, If there's a superpower in Zen uh, and a greater being, it's you, yourself, and what you have inside. And that is what Zen is trying to tap into. Zen wants you to uh, self actualise. It's a little bit like the philosophy of Abraham Maslow. Uh, Zen wants you to self actualise, be the, pe- the best person you can be. But there's one very, very important difference, and that is that it's not all about just kicking goals and achieving. I mean, that is what we all want to do as traders and people, and we want. We want to have meaningful lives um, and that may, may not necessarily be to make lots and lots of money in the market and maybe just be able to make a comfortable living. But we all want meaningful lives. But there's no point in flogging yourself at the markets and driving yourself crazy if you're making yourself miserable and and you're not being true to yourself. So Zen is asking you to forget the past attempt to stop worrying about the future and put all your energy into being the best person you can right here, right now, in this moment. And that is exactly what you were talking about, Mike, when you were talking about weaponising and having the correct platform to launch the missile. Now, obviously, being a Zen Buddhist, I don't really go down, I don't like to use those sort of military terms, but I use lots of sporting terms. Um, so, I mean, if you want to kick a goal... Um, I, was, I was saying to my, uh, you know, my 14-year-old stepson the other day, who's a really keen soccer player, and I said to him, you know, when you go to shoot goal, uh, I said, if you believe and you imagine and you visualise that goal going into the space of the net that you want it to go, you've got a far more better chance of that happening than what you do if you think, oh, I'm going to kick it over the top of the net. So it's really about coming back to who we are as a person and, and doing the best we can here and now and not, not worrying about what may happen. The book's all about letting go of outcome. I think as traders, my observation from coaching traders is that most traders worry too much about the outcome. Uh, you know, if, if they've done their homework, if they've got a good system, if they've set themselves up properly if they've got presence of mind and they're aware of how they're thinking and feeling, then all they really need to do then is pull the trigger, set the stop, and let go of the outcome and let the trade unfold.
0: Hi, hi, Peter. That, that was a great introduction, and uh, I think you explained it really well. Uh, it, you know, and, and as I was listening to it, or I was like, uh, "Wow, well, yeah, that that's kind of really in the space that we're we're in." And you know, I should imagine the audience were resonating with every word you were saying and listening and thinking, I have to read this book. <laughs> but, but you, know, it, you know, you talk about, you made a reference there to sort of military terms and you kind of made a reference to this being a performance activity. And I think this is something that gets lost with trading is that people forget it, it is a performance activity and at the core of all great performance is our ability to be present and, and to be connected to ourself. And I, I was giving a talk last week to, um, to a group of traders, uh, and, and something occurred which kind of emphasised how difficult that is. Now, I, in the talk, I gave an example which kind of comes from the world of sport, which I hoped was going to allow them to really grasp this idea of the importance of being present and being the best version of yourself as the key, or, you know, as one of the keys, but probably the most important element that underlines success. So a quote I read out, which came from the Netflix series, The Last Dance. Um, I don't know if you know that. It, it's about the Chicago Bulls um, and Michael Jordan back in the 1990s. And there was a quote on it from a sports writer, Mark Vance Hill, in the final five- I'm
1: going to cut you off. He talks about how his greatest asset is present.
0: Is that right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. He said Michael yeah. Jordan's gift was not that he could jump high, run fast, shoot a basketball. His gift that he was completely present, and that was the separator. Uh, and then he said, you know, how how does this play out? He said a big downfall of a lot of players who are otherwise as gifted as, as Michael Jordan is thinking about failure. And Jordan would would say, why would I miss, why would I think about missing a shot I haven't taken yet? And that is for me just a perfect example of being present. But then I was asked a a point later on, a question later on, can we have some quick takeaways that you can get, we can get from this to take away? And uh, I, I gave them a couple, but then I said, you know what? This isn't something you can just do in five minutes. You can't just take something away and put it into action. It's something you have to develop and work on. Um, and I guess this is what your philosophy is really all about. Building that platform. I think Mark's platform, Mark talks about the you know, the weaponizing the mind, is building that platform to launch the weapon from, and it feels like Zen Trader is trying to do exactly the same.
1: Yeah, it is, Steve, and, you know, I'll I'll give you a takeaway. Hopefully I'll I'll give the readers a takeaway. Um, One of the problems with with Zen teaching, I believe, is that it's a bit mystical and it's a bit confusing and um, it's not particularly practical. I mean, if you go and... Live in a monastery like I have, and go and do live with monks and and get trained in Zen Buddhism. A lot of the monks won't even talk to you um, because it's a it's a tradition and a system of of observing and watching and and more so than asking questions because. Um, the Zen masters know that it's very, very difficult to teach something so complex and so they tend to lead by example and they lead by example in being present and being calm and and just you living there and being with them and, and seeing the things that they go through and seeing how they respond, you sort of think, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. It's a little bit like when you're working with a trader uh, or you've got a trading partner and they're better at something than what you are, they they can stay calmer in certain situations and so you learn from those other people what to do. You know, then like trading, is it's really all about discipline. When we're in a situation, what the brain does, is it has a thought and then it immediately judges and labels that thought and then from the judging and labelling, it, the brain wants to take an action and from the action you get the result. Now let's take that through a trading scenario. You're standing you're sitting in front of or standing in front of a screen, you see a trade and you think and it says this is good or well, that's bad. So there so there's your thought and there's your judgment. You overreact and you do something silly, you either sell or buy or you put too big a position on. Or you put too small a position on, (laughs) it might be a great setup and you and you because you're not thinking clearly, you don't position size correctly, then that creates the action, that gives the result, and you don't get the outcome, or you don't get the best outcome. But it all goes back to that initial thinking process that when you see what's happening in front of you, and then you don't have the presence of mind to be able to step back from what's happening give it some space create some space between the thought and the action and detach from what's happening in front of you and on the screen and great traders have the ability to watch the market see what's happening detach from their emotions and observe from a, from a completely different viewpoint and then take the appropriate action and that's the power of Zen and, and particularly meditation we need to create whether you're trading or just in your life or you're talking to your wife or your kids or your, or your best mate down at the pub, we need to create some space between our thoughts so that we create space between our words and our actions so that we can become and be the best person that we are, be that trading or be that a parent or a mother or a father or a son or a daughter or, or, a, or a football player. It doesn't matter. It's the same process.
0: What I'm hearing there is, you know, it, again, something which I, I agree 100% with, and I've seen examples of this, and I've seen examples when I was a trader, when I behaved like that, like when, when, when I behaved in the former sense, when I wasn't detached, and other examples of myself when I was detached and where it led to great results. And to be honest, the, the bizarre thing was I was following the same process. Now, isn't that ironic? Because we're always told that, the method or system is the way we're going to win but actually it's it's how we behave around that and how we overlay that onto ourselves and our philosophy and our ability to to be true to our philosophy and and again i, I heard something in what you said that was really jumped out for me um and it's about you know you know it's about meditation a lot of people i know start meditating they're told that Ray Dalio did it, or Paul Tudor Jones did it, or you know, George Soros did it, all these great names from the trading world, and they'll hear from some colleagues who say, you know, I, I I meditate for five minutes every morning. Um, so they think I better do that, and they go onto YouTube and they find a quick how to meditate in five minutes thing. But they don't have a base that it's it's on. It, it doesn't belong to a philosophy. It, it it's meditating without a purpose almost and without a platform for it and that that that's where this is really interesting this idea of Zen trader or whether you follow some philosophy around stoicism or you know any any religion to be honest i find a lot of people from different religions that have that you know that their religious religion gives them um some platform or base which enables them to um to behave like that. We had someone on a couple of years ago who was a very devout Christian and said that, you know, he he sat and he reflected every morning about his faith and then he started trading and, he, you know, he found that calmness that came from that. So it, it, it's fascinating, but, you know, but it, it's, it's interesting that you've written about it from that kind of religious, philosophical, philosophical not always the easiest word to say, um, base and structure.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't matter what, method you use. I mean, you know, in my book, The Zen Trader, Dr Alexander Elder wrote it forward and he gave the example of uh, one of his clients who was a devout Christian and that was how she got her peace of mind as well. She used to pray and so she had a method and she had a system that she used to get her into that flow, get get her into that presence and so that she could trade well. I think the thing with Zen is that, um, Zen's a system, and it's it's like trading. I mean, most of my clients come to me after they've been trading for a number of years, and you you guys probably find the same thing that you know most people, particularly retail traders, they they start trading and they open up an account and they throw some money at the markets, and they they might trade for a couple of years without any much success, or they lose a bunch of money and. And then they sort of think, oh, they get to a stage where they think, oh, look, I need a method, I need a system. And so they they go to the next step and they go and do a course or they buy some backtesting software and they learn about systems and they put a system in the market. Uh, but then they still don't succeed or they still, they still struggle. Um, and then the penny drops, you know, the light bulb goes off and they realise that, you know it's not the market it's not the books it's not the system it's not the software it's them and that that's what they need to look at that's what they need to address and that's probably the hardest part is that they realize that they have to look deep within themselves they have to review probably everything that they do in their life um and you know because what <laughs> a friend of mine who's a is a, a psychologist likes to say how we do one thing is, what, is how we do everything. And there's some truth in that because if we've got bad habits in our life, we're probably going to take those bad habits into the market with us. Uh, you know, if we're impatient, um, we're probably going to be impatient in the market. If we're, um, you know, a little bit impulsive, and that's been one of my things as a trader, if you're a little bit impulsive, you're probably going to be impulsive in the market. Um, and so, you know, having a method, having a system to get to know yourself um, is really good. And Zen is just, you know, Zen is like trading. I mean, I'm sure you guys would agree that trading is simple but it's not easy. And Zen is the same. You know, Zen is simple but it's not particularly easy. And, and Zen is only asking you to do two things and that is that, you know, live the cleanest life that you can <laughs> you know, don't think too much, eat a good diet, get some regular exercise, um, you know, don't do, do or say inappropriate things. I'm not asking you to be an angel but, you know, sort of try and do the right thing, try and be a nice human being. So basically be the best person you can and do some reflection, meditate. And if you do those two things in conjunction, you do them all the time and you do them regularly, you know, after a while you start to feel the benefits, you start to feel calmer, you start to feel healthier, Uh, you realise that your mind's working a bit better, Uh, your memory starts to improve, you start to see opportunities in the market you never thought existed before, you start to put trades on and not be so stressed about them, you don't. Start, you can put a trade on, you're not so anxious. You can start rising, raising the size of your trades, and you don't get as stressed. So, it all comes from calming ourselves down. Yeah, we're not just brain, we're mind, and we're body. We're a you know, we're a three piece system, and we need everything working in conjunction and working well together.
2: Uh, Very, 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 very interesting. I think, um. Yeah, of course. Meditation for, for for different people means different things. You know that there, there is this there is this sort of traditional sense of what meditation is, but also there's there's walking meditation, there's observational, there's listening meditation. There's all bandwidth of things, and certainly when I I coach and, and we coach you know for my clients, it's kind of working out what suits the person um, because we're all different. Like some people, you know, plan a sport can be a sense of uh, of meditation. In fact, I met a one of the best golfers I knew was a sixty-five-year-old guy. I'm playing this guy, surely I'm gonna beat him. But he had he had an attitude to life. Um there was actually a link to bird watching, but what but what bird watching was doing was bird watching was creating his meditation practice. So it was observational, he was listening to the sounds, he was seeing birds, he was looking at you know, seasonal differences. So he was just paying attention to, you know, life as it evolved in very, very high definition in in the present moment. And it was it was the coolest, calmest, best golfer I think I've ever met because he was in that state of flow where he was just, he was not thinking about the golf, he was just turning up at the ball, not taking a practice swing, just hitting the thing and creaming it every time. So I think this ability and this capability, we all need to sort of nurture and find our own pathway of achieving, be it it zen, be it mindfulness, be be it other types of things within this whole ecosystem is very, very important because if if we're able to um, reset ourselves, refresh and recalibrate ourselves, you know, when we need to, we can gain this calmness, clarity and control that comes from that. And if we are going to be facing trading, if there's anything we need, it's calmness, clarity and control and the ability that if things go wrong to just, you know, not have that dualistic thinking about it where it's like, a plus or a minus. Just look at the process and think. Well, how can I do that better? Even if it is a profitable trade, and I'm sure that I think in, in your book you cover a little bit about dualistic thinking as well. About sometimes that that can work against us. A bit too stark as a sort of a you know the black and white type scenarios of life. Yeah,
1: I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up because dualistic thinking is is a very big philosophy in Zen, um, and I, unfortunately. Most of us, and I was going to say in the West, but it, it, it's the same problem in the East as well. I've travelled all through Southeast Asia and Taiwan and Japan and, you know, I think the West, we tend to have a romantic idea that, that um, yeah, you know, Easterners are a, a better meditators and more calm and, and than what Westerners are, and I can, I can assure you it's not necessarily true. Um, but with the dualistic thinking, you know, in this modern world that we live in, um, you know, as we all know, um, we're bombarded every day with information, um, and I don't. Know, I, I'm not. Maybe you know this. Maybe you haven't, but everyone's got an opinion, um, and particularly about whether something is good or bad, or uh, all right or wrong, or there's left and right in politics, and. Um, in this up and down, and fat and thin, and tall and short, and and it just goes on. And um, and yes, those things do exist. Absolutely, and, and practically in the world, those things do exist. But it's the meaning that we give things that's that that's the key. Um, it really comes down to the meaning and. You know, in some of your podcast, you've, you've been in the past. You've been taught, and Linda Ratsky mentioned this as well. That um, as traders become more experienced, they learn to let go uh, easier. Uh, so they'll do a bad trade, and um, and I know as a beginner, if I did a bad trade, you know, I would think about that bad trade, and I'd obsess about it, and I'd go back over it and over it and, and review it, and. And I'd beat myself up about it and I'd call myself an idiot. And, I'd, you know, I'd be really hard on myself because I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, and But now I've become much better at doing a bad trade and I do bad trades, I make, I make mistakes. But then letting that go really quickly and having the ability to flip my mind really quite quickly and put another trade on within minutes or seconds, even, and and to reverse the position if I have to. I think okay, I've got it wrong. I'm going to reverse, and that ability comes from being able to detach from what's happened and not putting yourself up and not judging, judging and labelling everything all the time, and and trying to find all the answers because they just don't exist. And that only comes that ability, that flexibility of mind. And I've heard Mark. Talk about it, that sort of fluid thinking that will are being in flow. That only comes from being able to remove yourself from all that negative self-talk. You know, all that booting up of ourselves that we do when we when we have a bad run, um, and just focusing our attention on back on on something else straight away. So. Can you see now why the the philosophies of them (laughs) and trading are just so similar?
0: We'll return to the podcast shortly. The Alpha mind podcast is sponsored by TradeStation Global and the Society of Technical Analysts, the STA. TradeStation Global is a multi-asset trading platform with access to international markets where you can trade a range of instruments from one account and leverage professional-grade tools like Radar Screen, The Matrix, and Easy Language. And with TradeStation Global, there are no hidden price spreads, just transparent, low commissions. To find out more and to open an account, visit tradestation-international.com forward slash alpha mind or go to our website alpha-mind.net or see the link in the episode description. The Society of Technical Analysts, the STA, provide world-beating technical analysis education programs and offer outstanding membership services. Alpha Mind podcast listeners can obtain a 10% discount on the cost of their excellent home study course and home study course with a diploma package. To find out more about this offer, go to our website alpha-mind.net or see the link in the episode description. Now back to the podcast. You referenced that idea about letting go. For me... If there is one super skill that great traders display better than anyone else, and I I don't necessarily mean, you know, big traders working at a major hedge fund. I mean, great day traders, great retail traders as well, who I know. The the greatest super skill they have more than anything else is the ability to let go. It's not the ability to forecast the market, predict the market, know what the FOMC are going to do. It's not the ability to read a chart. and and interpret the top price action. It's not even the ability to uh, to size right, even though that's important, to manage risk. They're all important skills, okay? But they are not the key super skill that is going to make the difference. And one of the key super skills that is, and you've kind of referenced two of them for me, one is letting go, and the other one, connected to it, that ability to detach. And, and, And ironically, it's the ability to detach whilst also and paradoxically being able to stay attached. And, and, you know, that to me is what letting go is. It's being completely present whilst also creating some distance so you can be in the moment without being owned by the moment.
1: Yeah, that's right, because what most of us do is that we see something that's happening or we experience something that's happening to us and we jump into it you know, we jump into that emotion, uh, we jump into that feeling, we jump into that thought and we become it, you know, we, we become the, the feeling or the thought um, or the emotion. And, and when you do that, then you've lost control and I really don't like that word control and I, I mention that in the book um, because I don't think trading is about so much about controlling your emotions it's about recognizing your emotions and then detaching from them and being able to stare back and look at them. Um, I mean you've seen the statistics on on some of the, of the female traders and they're outstanding. Um, and I, my personal opinion of that is that a lot of female traders because they seem to have the skill of identifying their emotions better than what men can. a lot of men aren't particularly good at identifying their emotions. Because women are inherently better at doing that, that when they're in a trading situation, um, they can identify how they're feeling, and they but they don't necessarily get consumed by that feeling, and that's the key. Um, and if you're not consumed by a feeling, then you can let it go. You can just say, "Oh well, yeah, it's." Um, You know, I mentioned my clinical psychologist partner earlier and she she can speak fluent French and we were discussing uh, recently um, how in English we say, I am hungry, yet the French will say, I feel hungry. And so we sort of identify, we're identifying as the I or the person as being hungry and we put the two together. (laughs) <laughs> Whereas by saying I feel hungry, there's, there's immediately a separation between who you are, the I, and what you're feeling. And if you if you sort of identify yourself all the time with what's happening, and you know if you're so attached to your identity or your ego that you know you you that's going to affect your personality if you if you're account or your bank balance, you know, is going up and you feel great, but when it's in drawdown, you feel terrible, uh, well, then you're really attached to the outcome. And I I just want to acknowledge here that (laughs) what I suppose as trading coaches or as traders and even as a Zen teacher, what I'm asking you to do is inhuman really because we're humans and we feel and we get emotional, and it's natural and normal to get stressed um, and, and, and to have all this stuff going on. And And I, that's why I don't like the word control because I don't, I'm not asking you to be a superhuman, being able to or be a robot and completely squash any emotion you've got in your body or mind to be a successful trader. In fact, I think that's a detriment. I think what we've got to learn to do is recognise our emotions, recognise our feelings, and yet be able to stand back from them and say, oh, this doesn't feel right. And that's now we're getting into into intuition, which is a whole other level of trading. Um, but by detaching and not jumping into everything, every thought that you're having, you then start to develop intuition, which then can kick your trading up to the next level again.
2: Uh, very interesting. Um... That this whole topic of conversation ha- has to have awareness at, at its starting point because if you don't if you're not tuned into the awareness of getting to know you then you're not going to be noticing these these things you can be drifting off into so many bad habits just because you're not paying attention to the awareness of you in uh, in the present i i think it's su- such a powerful thing to talk about I want to sort of drift off into something that that's always fascinated me about Zen. I mean, I've I've studied uh, a, a fair bit, nowhere near as much as uh, perhaps I should do. But um, the concept of wabi sabi, uh, which is I find particularly interesting, which is sort of the the beauty in being not perfect, and that being not perfect it, it evokes a certain amount of curiosity, and curiosity is good for us. And I know that. Um, I mean, Japanese furniture, make, furniture makers, if they've got a painted chair, they'll leave a strip of wood bare so that you can see the original wood, the original grain, uh, which evokes a certain amount of curiosity of of the, the chair. So it's more than just this painted chair. It's got its origin there too. But also, I think with certain works of art, they'll have the work of art in a picture frame that isn't quite square. So that when you see the work of art, you're sort of a bit more inquisitive and curious and that not being perfect is, is a really, really good place to be. And actually, if you are perfect, maybe you, you think you're perfect, you stop learning, you stop being curious. Well, I just wanted to sort of share that with you and guess, guess your take on it.
1: Oh, look, absolutely. It's it's a very, big, very big part of Zen teaching. Um, you know, there's a wonderful uh, parable about a young monk who lived in a monastery and, and uh, he's... Uh, He's a bit—he's a perfectionist, and uh, he's a bit anal. And he goes around the monastery and he, he continually cleans and puts things in its place, and everything's perfect. and And the abbot decides to send him away, and he sends him up to his own little monastery on top of a hill. And he's up there on his own for quite some time. and And of course, he gets up there and he he, he makes the place absolutely immaculate. And it's autumn, and the. Um, the the leaves have fallen and the young monk's gone around and he's made these beautiful neat piles of leaves under every tree and the abbot comes to visit him and he inspects the monastery and it's absolutely perfect And, and he says to the young monk, he says there's only one thing wrong and he walks out into the garden and he picks up this big bunch of leaves and he just throws them all over the garden and scatters them everywhere in a big mess. He says, "Now the place is perfect." <laughs> so, of course, you know the, the 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 meaning is that nothing is perfect, and and to expect it to be perfect um, is is irrational, um, and it's wanting something that 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 can't be. We we will always make mistakes; it's part of being human, um, and then and and being able to accept that we've made a mistake let it go, live with it, let it go, and put our energy. It's where we direct our energy. And, again, I heard Linda Reschke talk about this. It's where we put our energy. Um, Because trading can be incredibly depleting and tiring. It can exhaust us. Um, And if, uh, if you're trading and you're working and you're becoming completely depleted, um, and exhausted from your trading, then I would suggest that you're being far too attached to the outcome and you're getting sucked into the market. You know, it's, it's like a vortex. It sucks you in and it will take all the energy out of you. And if that's happening to you, then you're not detaching, you're not, you're not present, you're not removed. You're not looking at it as the game it is because that's what it is. It's a game that we just need to play um, and do the best we can um, and
2: then switch it off and go and live your life and come back tomorrow. There you go, be- beautiful, isn't it? I think it's it, it, like you say, it's lovely when you have this sort of f- this approach to life, and as Steve said, this purpose to guess what you're doing. It can be, you know, any, anything you choose, of course. But and there are lots of variations of things that you can grab, and uh, but I, I particularly like the way that the West has engaged with the with the Eastern philosophies, but when you start to look at it, you actually think, well, you know, 20,000 years ago when our ancestors were sitting on top of a hill watching the sunset, I'll give you a clue, they were pretty present and aware of, uh, of you know, the, what was going on in the live present moment, uh, and that they, they would have been managing themselves very effectively. So I think it's just something we've always had, and we, we, it's just... And and we've all got the capability. It's just trying to unlock it and uh, plugging it in in a way that suits us, that supports the way we do things. Because if we can do that, we will become, you know, a a better performer in whatever we choose to perform, be it sport, be it it trading.
1: And I think it needs to be, you you need to be devoted to it, Mark. Um, You know, the same way... um, like I said earlier, you know, most people start trading and open an account, read the books, do a few courses, you know, um, perhaps buy some backtesting software and then they realise that they need to do some work on themselves. And yeah. Yeah. Um, But it can be the best self-development course that you'll ever do in your life. Um, I think trading teaches you so much about yourself. Um, and I think that is, that is what is so worthwhile about it. Um, it's, if you're going to succeed in the markets, and, um, and it, we all have different definitions of success, that, that's for sure. Um, mine's always been lifestyle um, and being having the freedom and, and, and the opportunity to, to pursue other things in life. Uh, which trading has given me, um, but it's the the, the the trading. If your aspiration and your goal is to be a successful trader, at some stage you need to, to stop and look at yourself and, and build the platform of who you are. You know, build build the launching base. Um, because if that's not right, if that's not steady, you will continue to make errors and continue to make mistakes. Mm. And the best way to do that is simply, you know, clean up your act, you know, live the best, the cleanest life that you can. You know, be authentic, be an authentic person, you know, drop the ego, um, you know, do some self introspection, do some yoga or some meditation or walking meditation or, you know, Weren't a surf or I um, mean in a That's easy for me to say, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. England and Europe. But you know, I mean, you know
2: what I mean. You know, do yeah. something. Do it's yourself. a commitment. It's it's a commitment to that, isn't it? As well, Are you I, commit to that that I, that direction because.
0: Can I, can I jump in there, Mark? Because I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you and actually what you were just saying when I did interrupt you was 100 percent where I wanted to go, but. I, I wanted to use a slightly different word to commitment. I wanted to use something that was a bit deeper, and it was a word you mentioned, um, Peter, uh, when you were talking in that last that last um, little part of the podcast, where you used the word devoted, and that's almost what you've got to do. It, it's not just a commitment; it's a devotion, and a devotion to developing this side of yourself and this practice and this capability. Because without that, it it would just pass as a fad and you will end up repeating the same habits, the same behaviours, having the same attitudes and mindsets.
1: Yeah, look, and and I agree and I talk about that in the book. I mean, at some stage um, in your trading career or even as a person, you know, let's forget trading for a minute. Uh, If you just want to evolve as a person and self-actualise, um, at some stage, you need to stop and look at what you're doing and just think about why you are doing the things that you do. Um, whether that's drinking five cups of coffee a day, or you know, or six pints down at the pub with your mate, it, it it doesn't matter what it is. At some point, you need to stop and think. You know, is this the best thing for me to do? Is this really helping me where I want to go? Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't drink five cups of coffee a day and drink six pints because I know guys that can do that and be great traders, but I can't. I can't do that. I can't focus. That's sort of a lifestyle. I can't focus that well um, and because a lot of traders um, are pretty intense people um, and they tend to have uh, addictive personalities and... Um, you know, we're probably all a bit on the edge, all a bit on the spectrum. Um, you know, again, to, to, to quote Linda Rasky, she said that she doesn't drink because she said that she, she's either full on or full off. And she said if she starts to drink, she can't stop, and so she doesn't start. And so there's a, another example of a person who's got the devotion, not just the discipline, but the devotion to her craft, and, and trading is a craft. Um, for her to succeed, and and that's something. Because that one of my early teachers in Australia, Colin Nicholson, said to me many many years ago, he said, "Trading is a craft. It's it's half art and it's half science." Um, and I agree, it is. It's and, and if we can approach it with that with that passion and that devotion, if we can approach our craft like an artist. Um, then I think it makes
2: the whole experience a lot more pleasant. We don't get caught up in in all the stuff so much. No, wonderful. Yeah. There you go. No, Double man. wonderful. There. <laughs> <laughs> You've only sure so pathway, purpose. I think uh, you know and understanding that. You know, to sort of get to know you to work out what, what's best for you, and I think also, you know, a lot of people say I'm going to go on a course. You know, but I remember being in the presence of the, the, the chap that, that ran the New York cohort of Plum Village, you know, these ma- monastics of Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, yep. and, he, and, he, and he said that, you know, this isn't about getting a certificate. You know, the, 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 this, you know, a lot of people get going well, I'm going to go on a course and get a certificate and I'm done. Well, kind of that's where the beginning is. <laughs> and, you know, that, 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 that's where your beginning then is there, about okay, well, now what are you going to do? What what are you going to change to the way you do in your daily process to stay on this new pathway? Because actually you'll start to see things evolve in a very different level of definition. And it, to, to me, I think the, the analogy of, it's a bit like the Wizard of Oz where, you know, Dorothy comes comes from the tornado and walk, walks through the doorway and a black and white world suddenly turns into full Technicolor. I mean, and I have train people who have noticed that difference. So when your awareness is tuned into this presence that we've been discussing here, uh, in in whatever method you're using to achieve that, it it becomes quite incredible the difference you notice to actually just showing up for life. You are seeing things as if someone's just turned on the light and turned up the definition to super high definition. And I think that transformational shift in how your senses interact with anything they're looking at, including trading, um, you know, will come through to you being a better trader if you if you can find the way to commit and devote to that sort of pathway.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree, Mark, and that comes from detaching from all those thoughts that we have. Like I said earlier, that 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 process of the brain that where we have a thought and then it immediately. The brain immediately, from our conditioning, um, you know, from the from the program we've got inside our head, uh, you know, it judges and labels every thought we every thought we have, and we, we immediately give it an opinion. And then once we do that, then off we go down a particular path um, without even stopping to think that that may not be the right opinion or the right path or the way to go. Um, but we're going that way because that was our initial thought and that's our habit and that's what we're doing and that's how we live our life. And a lot of people just, you know, live their life with blinkers on they don't ever really stop to think about what they're doing. Um, and with trading, if, if you're continually making errors and making mistakes or you've hit, you hit a wall or you've hit a ceiling and you can't get past it, then it's all about your thinking. It's how you're thinking.
0: Yeah. Peter, I'm, I'm conscious we've got to wrap up in a minute, but, you know, something you said there and something that's triggered for me is is a thought is, you know, how do we deal with interruptions? How do you deal with interruptions? Because, you know, there's, there's the interruption of, you know, someone walking in your room and saying, oh, I need your help for a bit whilst you're in the middle of something. Even though the market doesn't physically do that, it kind of does it all the time you know, where it doesn't go the way you were hoping or an economic release comes out or a news comment or a data which throws you completely off track. And and in a way, that's an interruption as well. And, you know, we we obviously don't have control over those, but, you know, they happen and, and we can't help it. And, you know, I'm just thinking of a practical example in trading terms. You know, it might be a comment from someone which causes the market to rally a hundred points that, you know, and it was going your way and it was going nicely and you were on a nice path. And now you're thrown out by it. And, you know, you're like, what well, do I, you know, how I'm going to stay with And you go completely off plan and and you stay off plan for a long time. I'd love to know an example of how, how you would deal with that or how at least the philosophy says you should deal with that.
1: Well, It's simple. It's not easy, (laughs) but it's simple. And that is you accept it because you would both know from being long-term and very experienced traders and coaches that anything can happen in the market and anything does, anything and everything does happen in the market. Um, And why would we expect it to be any different? Why? What? Why would you expect? Why would anybody expect? Anybody who's had any time in the market at all? Why do we expect it to be calm and rational and and for these surprises not to happen? Because they happen all the time. It's normal. It's part of what the markets do. And if you can accept those things that happen, uh, those and they do happen, as you say, you put a position on and. And it will move against you really quickly. Some, some, a politician will make an announcement, or a war is broken out, or something's happened, and the markets go completely haywire. But for some reason, we think we that shouldn't be happening to us. But okay, okay, if okay. It it. and not and uh, not judge it and not label it. Then what's the problem?
0: Okay, and I agree 100% with you, by the way. I'm just putting myself in the place of maybe a person listening to this because their next comment, and when I've when I've explained this to people and talked about this with people, their next comment is, yeah, but then I, I was stopped out after a 100-point move, and I accepted it, and then the market came back down or, or carried on going up, whichever direction you were stopped out of, and then the move happened in a much bigger way. And now I was no longer on on board. And it, it's it's not the initial one that is often the most painful. It's that secondary one, and that's the one that gets them. And they go, I can, I can accept it. But I can't accept that. I can't. And that's the bit where, for me, you have to accept because you. That is the one that gets most people. You know, it, it, it's it's a bit like again, someone asks you to come and help them. You walk out the room for a bit. Say your wife wants a bit of help. You come back in and the big move that you were hoping for had yeah. started and went whilst you were out there and you were hoping to get on and you never because you know it's fine. And you're probably going to blame the wife or whoever interrupted <laughs> you. Right? Yeah. That, is, that is the secret almost. And that's what the great traders can do. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 And that's almost what you have to be able to do. And that's what I feel you were saying.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's what I said before. It's, it's trading. Is asking you to almost be inhuman because
0: oh oh
1: yes (laughs) of course I mean that's 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 called a missed opportunity and I think everybody in everyone's life no matter what profession they were in if they're looking at a missed opportunity they would probably be feeling really bad Um, and that's normal to feel like that. so I suppose, again, it's that judging and labelling and the more the more that we can learn to watch our mind and watch our thoughts and realise that the thought is just a thought and we don't have to give it the meaning uh, and that's the great skill, I suppose, and that is the skill you will get from meditation um, or a form of meditation. That when you have those negative thoughts and those critical thoughts and those thoughts about missed opportunity and the market this and the market that and the severe rebounds and you missed it and it goes on and on, that that if you start to let those thoughts impact you and play on your mind, then that is what really impacts your performance. That's why you can't. That's why you can't put the next trade on. That's why you can't reverse quickly. That's why you can't do what the great traders do and they just let it go and put the next trade on because they've forgotten about it.
0: <laughs> they they do, they do. And you know what, it's funny, isn't it, because trading throws that in your face like no other, you know, I don't think there's many other areas, you know, other than missing an open goal maybe in the last minute of a football match. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, mate,
1: it, it, I golf. I used to play competition golf and – uh
0: Golf can do a similar thing. You can hit, hit the perfect drive and you can get a bad bounce
2: and end up in in the water. Over to so, you, Mark. That's your space. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about golf, mate. But, but listen, I think, it's, it, I think we just need to start to, uh, to sort of draw some conclusions uh, today. It's been absolutely a fantastic listening to you, Peter. But I think that this concept of thoughts is always interesting because we get about 60,000 thoughts a day and, most of them tend to be negative, and of course we're not our thoughts, but often we think we're our thoughts, and then go off on this journey across time, getting worried about things and doubting ourselves and everything. So you know, have, having a method of realising that, whatever it might be, and I think you know, Zen, Zen is a great system. You know, I think by reading Peter's book, it will give you a tremendous insight as to just what tools and what, what means of achieving this are available. Um, and, I, and I certainly do encourage the read. But, but Peter, it's so interesting to hear from you. I think get, getting to know you as, as it were is a question for everyone to ask, do I know me? do I, do I know what I'm about? You know because often we just you know don't pay no, enough attention to that and getting to find out who we are individually and then doing something about it, I, I think is really, really important. I think that comes across tremendously. Uh, in your book, along with all sorts of other things that, that are so relevant to trading. So I think the question now is Well, how, how can people find out about you, Peter? Where, where do people look to get hold of you and, uh, uh, and and find out more about your work?
1: Well, I do have a website and it's called Easy Share Trading um, and there's a lot, a lot more information on that website. So if you just Google Easy Share Trading, or Google Peter Castle Trading. I'm sure something will come up, or you can Google the Zen Trader. Um, and there's a lot more information on my website. There's a lot of free articles. You can subscribe for a regular newsletter. Um, that's probably the best way for people to contact me, Mark.
2: Fantastic.
0: Wonderful. Listen, thank, thank you, Peter. This has been excellent. Um, yeah,
2: Pete. Excellent. We can have a look at you now. <laughs> turn your camera on <laughs> we, we haven't actually finished yet we're still recording oh. Sometimes, oh. sometimes our classic comments come in this bit at the end but we're <laughs> like, we're just, just, just to let the just to let the, the listener know because they can't see this
0: peter is sitting in a wonderful setting perhaps you could describe it peter well
1: I I, I live in two'm i fortunate enough to live in two houses I I live in a house in Sydney um, but also um have a small Zen centre on the central coast which is about um, uh, a very beautiful beach area about 80 kilometres or 50 miles north of Sydney and I'm sitting in the Zendo so it's a very Japanese looking building it's got floorboards and black mats on the ground and there's a few uh, statues of Buddha floating around and a few candles and a few bells and whistles and and I, I've just finished the meditation, so I'm actually sitting here in my in my robes, my um, black ordained robes that I was given about four years ago. So it's um, I'm looking the part. I wanted I wanted to look the part for you uh, for Mark and Steve.
0: <laughs> Excellent. We appreciate yes, that. We do appreciate that. Um, I've got a question about uh, Book's Pizza. Peter, this this book is a great book for uh, for our audience it definitely will give them something new to think about in the way in the way they um they approach their work what, what books have influenced you are there any any out there that you'd like to recommend in particular to uh, to help you as a trader
1: have you, have you read the book uh thinking in bets
0: yep or, twice <laughs> yeah we had Annie Duke on as well yeah
1: that, that, that's a very Zen sort of way of thinking what she
0: talks about, you know, and, I, and and I've worked with some poker players over the years, and they do things like that. They have that without knowing their zen. They they almost create zen states
2: when they're playing. Yeah. So have you, have you read the hour between dog and wolf, Peter? No, I haven't. That's uh, when I first sort of started sort of get into the mindfulness sort of working party groups I was involved with. Um, one of the the girls, there guests said, "Your market's your market." You've got to read the Hour between dog and wolf, um, and and that goes really really deep as well in a whole combination of, of of Zen and mental state and whatnot. And so, it's certainly worth a read. It's um, it, it's it's quite an intriguing book. And it's and it's quite focused around trading, and okay. uh, r- rather than giving you any preview, I think just just grab it, have a look, and see what you think. But um, yeah, what
1: well, what's that title again?
2: The the hour between I guess I'll make sure I get it right. I think it's the hour between dog and wolf okay. by John Coates. And it's yeah. risk taking gut feelings and the biology of boom and bust. Yeah. Yeah, I think one 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 for you to contemplate on the beach when you get down there.
1: Yeah. On- well one of the things I really like about this, this uh the game of trading is the people you meet. And there's some incredible Um, diverse thinkers, and uh, it's amazing,
2: isn't it? It's just, oh, we love it, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about, yeah, if it didn't have the people, then crikey, what's the point? You know, it's you need the stories, you know, yeah, understand that you're not alone either. That that sharing of the fact, oh, you know, I'm not not the only one that feels that way, it it can be a lonely game. Yeah, I think that's part part of our purpose in these podcasts, and actually, guess sharing these stories um, and then kind of bringing people together a little bit in the sense of uh, I'm not alone because we know that a lot yeah. of people do feel alone, and that yeah. that's part part of the you know the, the mental baggage of the game to some extent. And you yeah. can get carried away and losing time. You can spend eight hours in front of the screen and think you've oh. only been there two hours. You know.
1: Yeah, easily. Yeah. So I yeah, think, uh, my 14-year-old stepson had a trade. He's got
0: ADHD. And uh, oh. I'm starting to think, I think he might make a good trader. I think 100%. Yeah. I think some of the some of the best traders I meet would would definitely describe them as well. In fact, they have described themselves as having ADHD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in fact, I was just coaching one last week who I've been coaching for about two years, and he's a brilliant trader, and he runs a hedge fund. Uh, in america and um he his wife has been having sleeping problems uh, for a long time and headaches and she went and had this treatment um um called neurofeedback are you familiar yeah. with it oh, yeah. Yeah. okay so and and it really helped her and she was really getting better at sleep and everything so he decided to try it for himself with his trading and because he, he loses interest after about 20 minutes in the trade and not that it's really hurt him it's he has been very successful but he went to the uh the, the doctors who you know who, who work on this and they obviously they analyze his brain patterns first um and they said you do know that you're, that you're giving out the signature of someone with adhd and and he said well what is that and they told him all about it and they said you know you're that your brain is functioning like a classic ADHD individual. And, yeah. uh, you know, he went he, and he said, you know, do you, do you find performance suffers at times? And are you a sport? He's huge into sport, big golfer, big soccer player in America, um, lots of different sports. And, and he's been having this neuro feedback. Yeah. Um, cause they, they've started it and he's only done 11 out of the 65 sessions he's due to have. Uh, they've, they've assessed him as needing 65. He's not extreme yeah. in it. He's actually quite mild in it. Um, yeah. And he said already, he's just done his best round of golf in about five years. And he's yeah. sleeping better. His decision makings improving around
1: yeah.
2: his training. Yeah.
1: yeah There you go. Yeah, I mean it's 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 basically meditation. It, it, it does the same. It, do, it gives you the same result. It just rewires the the neural networks in your brain and makes you think differently and makes you frame your thinking differently. Um, it's perfect for people who can't meditate. It's great.
0: Yeah, it, it, I suppose, in a way, you could say it's a form of brain training, isn't it?
1: It is. It's brain training,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah there's an app in uh, Europe called Sync that I did some advice for, and they, they use uh, binaural beats. Yeah. And And um, uh, what's the other they use you know that like slightly whispering you can that whispering sound uh, um, yeah. uh i forget the name of it now but they, they use these sort of strategies within a 3d landscape sort of musical environment and um we we pushed it out of a couple of corporates and it was the child of the hr manager that gave us a, a couple of sound bites. how it essentially she had adhd and and has been noticed at school that she was far more attentive at school because she gets listened every evening to this this, this sort of soundscape app. Um yeah. and child, of course, that that's an easy sale. You guess listen to this beautiful music, darling. And you know, th- you know, we're not telling you to li- do meditation, but just listen to this. And so she gets yeah. very you know, she listened to something that made sense in her world and it and it did the work. You know, it wasn't yeah. the case to you force yourself to do anything. <laughs> You just had to listen to this stuff, and the science did the work. And yeah. I think that's a, a, as Steve said, you know, you know, the, the neurofeedback stuff, the, um, the there's there's the headband, there's Muse, uh, all these various things. There, there's there's some good science emerging in, in the subject, and uh, and I love in the mindfulness space, Oh well, that's not mindfulness because you know it's not MBCT based, and but actually we we got to pay attention to the emerging. Science, the clever stuff, because actually, it just because it'll make make sense to more people, and you just want to get more people doing this, you know.
1: It's actually been around for quite a long time. I think it's at least twenty years, but it's really it's really only just started to become popular. Yeah, yeah. and it it it's interesting because I talked to Cynthia, my partner, about. She's like I mentioned before; she's a clinical psychologist, and when I listened to I talk to her, and and sometimes I work as a debriefer with her. That I mean, all she really does, I'm not sort of downplaying her job, but all she really does is reframe people's thinking.
2: Yeah.
1: It's as simple as that. And that's, I'm sure that's pretty much what you do. And that's what these apps are doing. They're just reframing how your brain works so that you think in a different way. And that's it. It's so simple. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: you go. Yeah. Lovely. Well, I think I, I've got to be disappearing shortly, but um, say so once again, Peter, we're really grateful that uh, you spent time with us. I think it's going to be really valuable for the audience. Thanks, Mark. Um, uh, Steve?
0: No, it's, it's been brilliant. And I think, you know, we're we're up up to, up. I think we could try and keep this. I, I'll be a bit careful with editing it, but maybe. If you'd be okay, could we keep this final bit in there on the podcast? Sure, if you like. I didn't say in I'll double check when I go through it. I don't think we did, but you know,
2: often, like Mark said, these these sort of after chats are the real. Well, it's like stuff. It's, it's the podcast curve, isn't it? It's like it's like trading. You get the you can trade <laughs> the trading day, then you get the curve at the end to to get sort the yeah. stuff out. And actually, there's a bit like the, the Alpha Mind podcast curb chat. <laughs>
1: there you go. I,
2: will, I will just check with my my client if he's okay. Mentioned although
0: I didn't mention his name, sort of mentioning his story. Um, yeah, check on within that within the podcast. He didn't
1: mention any names,
0: so. I know, I know, but you know, he'll he, when he listens to it, he'll go, "Damn it, he's talking about me," and uh, but, you know, he might he might feel
2: a bit put out. So yeah, I'll just. Well, have a trouble, I'll be in trouble from
1: Cynthia.
2: <laughs> well there you go I yeah, mentioned the word Cynthia
1: Oops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay look Peter this has been a pleasure and if we've ever ever year in the UK um, we get a lot yeah. of Australians over here don't we Mark <laughs> really
2: not too many they're normally <laughs>
1: running at the
2: bar sure <laughs> okay. thanks Dave okay yeah. all right best great
0: luck with the book as well yep yeah. yeah. all best Take care, cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. We would like to thank our podcast sponsorship partners, TradeStation Global and the Society of Technical Analysts, ESTA. You can find out more about our sponsors on our website, alpha-mind.net, or see the link in the episode description. TradeStation Global is a multi-asset trading platform with access to international markets, where you can trade a range of instruments from one single account and leverage professional-grade trading tools. Visit tradestation-international.com forward slash alpha-mind to know more. The Society of Technical Analysts, the STA, provide well-beating technical analysis education programs. Alpha Mind podcast listeners can obtain a 10% discount off the cost of their excellent home study course. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a friendly review or provide a rating for the show on whichever podcast service you use. You can find out more about us at our website, alpha-mind.net. You can follow us on twitter at alphamind101 and at alphamind102 and you can connect with me stephen goldstein and my co-host mark randall on linkedin you can also follow us and can check back over some of our past episodes on the alphamindpodcast.com we wish you the best of luck in the markets have a good week